0: It's the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash. Yeah, it's time for Off The Leash on this Tuesday afternoon as we talk a little bit of greyhound racing with our expert George Ferruja who joined us now. Hello, Georgie.
1: G'day, Matty. How are you, mate? How was your Super
0: Bowl? Oh, it, was, it was pretty good. We were at Bell's there for the first half of the match, and it was pumping, wasn't it, Matty Stewart? Absolutely it went forever
2: pumping. for an 80-minute match. It went for four and a half hours. I guess stoppages, they, 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 they stop time, George. It's quite eerie. Have you ever been in a rut? Yeah.
1: Yeah, always, right?
2: That's <laughs> why are you ask Well, Well, obviously you haven't been listening. <laughs> um, we were having a bit of a chat about um, the great sporting ruts of all time, whether it's a team or a individual sports person or, or whatever it was. Any Greyhound World sort of champ on the canvas suddenly resurrects him or herself stories that you can think of? Well,
1: on short notice, uh, no. But Wow, um, well, she's fast. Yeah, look, I, I don't think you could ever call it a run. She probably lost two in a row. <laughs> Maybe that's a run. Oh, it was her
0: more price. than two, George.
1: <laughs> she did. She actually ran last at Angle Park and then last at the Meadows, and then won her next start in the Shootout. Um, so, but mm. to your point, there was she lost three out of four, which mm. she'd never done in her career prior to that. So, um, I suppose that's why she started at six dollars sixty for the feeding yeah. price, which is still, if you think about that price now, is just uh, unbelievable.
2: Well, I think. The greatest example, when we take the lens back a bit, is the future of the your sport was on its knees five or six years ago and now it's in the most prosperous era in its entire history. So I guess the sport itself um, could say emerged out of the doldrums uh, or out of a rut, George, to be... It's almost like it's hard to imagine those days now, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's absolutely, and it's a credit to everyone involved around the country, obviously. You're right. Um, so... Yeah, no, it is it is going very, very well. The turnover supports that. And um, uh, you made a really good point yesterday, Matt, about she might not be the greatest of all time. A lot of people like to throw around this goat talk, but um, what she's done for the sport in terms of um, getting buys on the, on the screens and, and winning over $2 million, um, she's certainly one of the more important greyhounds, that's for sure.
2: And it's another, you know, I know greyhounds have had equal bitch-dog sort of champions over the years, but it's another... Part of that female narrative in sport that's uh, just going through the roof, in, in you know, across a lot of codes, you know, the Gallops and the, you know, the, the Karen Manning story, and, the, and all the uh, amazing stories in harness racing as well. And the Jamie Carr, Rachel Blackmore, Holly Doyle story in horse racing, Winks Black Caviar, Maccabi Diva. And here we have um, the, the most, the two highest stake earners in Greyhound history are both girls.
1: Yeah, you're right, and, and probably the relationship between Jackie Greeno and Brooke Ennis as trainers, they're close friends, and unfortunately, Brooke's watched Amron Boy get defeated by 0.2 of a, a length, 0.19 of a length, and 0.31 of a length. to uh, The highest prize money earner of all time, and uh, uh, look, the beauty with Grand Racing is that she doesn't have to wait long. Um, uh, they won't be in the same heat as each other, I'd suggest, but um, they might meet in two weeks' time in an Australian Cup final, and maybe he finally gets his sweet revenge, but at this stage, um, as you mentioned yesterday, she certainly got the measure over over Amaron Boy.
2: To get sweet revenge, what would And we all know? He's a bit sketchy at the start and all that. But if that does eventuate, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but what's the what would have to be the perfect barrier draw scenario or box draw scenario to give Amaron Boy his best chance of beating? What's the best scenario for him out of the, out of the lids?
1: I think he's unbeaten off box one. So if he can just draw inside there, he, he would start of the Australian Cup. And again, you're going to have, uh, and rightfully so, Walshie's fast supporters saying, that's uh, all right, underestimate her, we can win from anywhere. So, yeah, that, that would be um, where they'd want to draw. The other interesting thing, guys, is, and we heard some confirmation that um, Walshie's fast is probably heading over to the Sandgrove for the spot racing WA be interesting to see if anyone is looking to try to get Amron Boy over. Um, because, I mean, clearly he's a greyhound that that can beat her. We haven't seen it yet. But, I mean, he's certainly got the potential to do so. And
2: be great marketing was, over there in the West, wouldn't
1: it? Oh, unbelievable. And, I mean, it, it, what I like about it is it's turning into a little bit of a seven-game series at the moment, in which she leads 3-0 at the moment. Um, you know, I love these clashes between the two. I think it's fair to say that they've got She's a Pearl's measure in Victoria, Um I thought she was drawn really, really well on on Saturday, but um, just while they're racing at the Meadows, um, I don't see how she beats them. Uh, She would need a lot of luck on the first corner. So they're clearly the two best greyhounds in the country, and the more times we see them um, up against each other, the better.
0: That's the advantage that Greyhound Racing has is that you can have a, sw- a slot race in person. You can probably get all the best Greyhounds across there, whereas the slot race in the Gallops, Matty, it's a lot harder to attract those star horses because there's so much money on offer here, it's too hard to disrupt their preparation. So it's a good, that's a, a real advantage for Greyhound Racing.
2: Actually, just on slots and horses, Captain, Adam Hamilton's just written a story, mm-hmm. Captain Ravishing... Australia's most exciting pacer, Captain Ravishing, has been snapped up for a slot in the world's richest harness race, the $2.1 million wow. Tab Eureka. Eureka, oh, sorry? Yep, yep, yep. So, the only thing I can't see it, in the story, uh, it's on March, yeah. no, Miracle no, Mile's no, March 4, when's it's, the Eureka? It's about, I think it's August from memory, it's later okay. in the
0: year, he was the, the favourite for that race, um, Captain Ravishing. So. Alright, um, so he's it,
2: been yeah. snapped up for the Eureka, so... So George, with Amron Boy, for this to be the marketing highlight of uh, the last twenty years in Western Australia for for greyhound racing, what what's the sequence of events that has to happen for Amron Boy now to to run in that race?
1: I think they just similar to what they do in the Phoenix, just have to make a deal with one of the slot holders uh, to get him over there. I think it's worth about three hundred and fifty thousand in prize money. So well, that's,
2: that would um, automatically happen. That arrangement, wouldn't it? Isn't it irresistible for? the owners and a potential slot holder, because he's yeah. the most... Yeah, so it should happen, oh, shouldn't it?
1: Yeah, it should. It should. It, that's if they want... If the, I don't think the race um, bumps into anything else. So I'm not sure... It'd be interesting to see, because Wentworth Park wasn't a tracky handle. you got races like the Easter Egg coming up, but if they know a little bit far out, like they seem to do with um, well, she's Fast, they're able to cater... Um, sort of what races they go for in between now and then so oh, i'm sure it will be definitely on the cards. um and you've got to go into the race with a dog that you think can beat while she's fast now of course there's going to be some local greyhounds they've got a lot of fast greyhounds in wa that get the home court advantage so i'm not saying it's a fait accompli right here and now but um I'd, you'd be silly not to at least ask the question and um and brooke and jamie ennis They've been over to Perth, they won a Perth Cup with my bro Fabio. Like I'm sure that they'd be willing to travel. The weather's a little bit better then, it's not stinking hot and um, yeah you know, oh, game on if it happens, it'd be fantastic.
2: That issue we spoke to Cal Greeno about yesterday, which I was really fascinated by the the fact that it, when she comes in the season and it could happen any day, any time, that is it mm. for her career. Are there you know, there's um there's a product in a, a controversial one in, Harn- in in the Gallops world, uh, uh, that's been outlawed in some states and approved in others to suppress the mm. the effects of coming into season. And obviously, in the human world, there are, there are things that can be done as well. Is there an acceptable practice of suppressing that um, physiological event uh, in there greyhounds? Is.
1: There is, Matt. But some trainers um, opt not to use that because they believe, and this is just a general um, rule, or a generalisation, I suppose, but they believe that it can sort of put... Some of the females off their game, they sort of sour a little bit and don't race at their best. So they would rather them go through the natural course of coming on season. Now, this was a possibility before the Phoenix guys too. I mean, um, the fact that she could come on at any time, and I know Cal and Jackie, don't quote me on this, but I, I think that they are certain they certainly lean towards not using... Um, those <laughs> don't quote things. me on that,
2: this as he talks about it on the radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I,
1: look, I, I think... From the greyhounds they've had in the past, and as I said, I know the owners of Roushie's Fast. They have had a lot of greyhounds with Cal and Jackie that have come on season, and you sort of you lose, you know, four to six months, I suppose. But luckily for greyhound fans, um, we haven't um, had to worry about that with Roushie's Fast. But yeah, look, th- this is all in the possibility, and look, if, if that happens and, and uh, we don't see her again, so be it. I mean, we've, we've gained a lot of joy, but let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope she goes to Perth and um, she continues to race for as long as she can.
0: Hey, Georgie, a couple of other results on Saturday night. We also had the uh, the Zoom talk, a bit of an upset there, Stagger Out Lee. uh, For Jack Strutt was the winner, and also in the Rookie Rebel, it was the Dookie getting the job done. Yeah,
1: look, I'll I'll start with Stagger Out Lee. It's just a a tremendous story of a young trainer. He's only 24 years old. Stagger Out Lee is one of the first greyhounds. He's had the privilege of training, I think, and I think he's studying a law degree. His father famously walked into a pub with a T-shirt that said, Strut in and stagger out. Um, and I think that's where they get their names from, the stagger-out dogs. And, look, the the biggest surprise on Saturday night was that she began so well. She got into a forward position. She usually is a greyhound that tails out, like we've seen in the bold trees, where she didn't look like winning until the last 50 metres and then stormed home. She just sat too close to them on Saturday and was going to be incredibly hard to hold out. She won in 42-64 over Maureen Susie, who's already a Group 1 winner. And I was really happy for Dookie Devil to, to win there were parts of last year, guys, that he was clearly the the middle-distance star. I'm not even going to say in Victoria, in the country. Um, he had no luck, or didn't begin all that well in the Hume Cup um, and ran fifth, but to get his just desserts and win a group one at the Meadows was, was really impressive. And again, just a quick mention to Jarek Bale, terrific effort by Team Delbridge to get the Greyhound back after what looked like a serious injury at Warrnambool, and I'm sure it was. It kept him off the scene for a little while, and they just didn't have the the proper lead-up that they would have wanted. They would have probably wanted an extra couple of weeks, but his run was enormous to run three lengths behind. He was aiming to become the first greyhound ever to go back-to-back in a rookie rebel. So, look, it's good to see Jarek Bale. I'm sure the Sandown Cup's in the back of their mind. They ran second in it last year, and hopefully he can build up to 700 metres, and we see the best of Jarek before he, too, um, hangs up the boots and retires, um, possibly to stud.
0: George Ferruja is with us on Off the Leash here on... Big V Racing and uh, Georgie well, I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about the Australian Cup heats later in the week. The nominations close for those heats tomorrow and uh, gee it's going to be exciting uh carnival of racing again.
1: Yeah, it certainly will. Um, big prize money on offer, obviously $300,000 to the winner and we've got two equal favorites and it's no surprise guys. Is it Amron Boy and she's at she's a well she's fast sorry at $6 Kelsey Bale at $10 who who led them up last week so The three that we've seen on Saturday, uh, Head the Market, Revolution, and Victor Damien are also on $10. Victor Damien, of course, the South Australian Greyhound, who took out the national derby at Wentworth Park, then came to the Meadows and trolled ridiculously well, went around $29.60. So I'll tell you what, he's an interesting one. Guys, we always like to look for something with a little bit of value. Mm -hmm. I think Landon Bale at $21 is is certainly worth a little bit of a bet. He's a Greyhound that makes his own luck, got lots of uh, good early speed he could easily win heat of the, the Australian Cup. And another one is Fernando Mick, of course, who began really well in the Tem Lee, was sort of just chopped out and, and got kicked out wide. But at $34, we've all seen his exploits in the Melbourne Cup where he, he got defeated a pimple by Yachi Bale after leading for most of the way. So they're probably two that I'd like to highlight in terms of their price. and uh, Obviously, a lot will change depending on box draws, but uh, they're two greyhounds that do... I wouldn't say don't need the right draw, but they do make their own luck in that first 50 metres.
0: Yeah, we love following a couple of those futures bets, and you're very good at them as well, George. So we'll do that, and we'll talk a little bit more about the Bulleye Cup tomorrow. There's a couple of Victorians engaged. Georgie, have a great afternoon. We'll talk tomorrow.
1: No worries, mate. Speaking.